Hi, TYB on the run. Well, welcome to Galatians 5. This is an incredible text that we're jumping in and out of chapters and having a look at this Galatians. These quick podcasts are one chapter and a Bible blast just to keep you going in your Bible time until you get to read the text yourself. So let's jump into Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Through love, you are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offence of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. TYB, this is such an amazing chapter because we know in Galatians, the beginning of Galatians, he kind of, Paul comes out with this passion for the gospel and this beautiful um, passion for the, I can't think of a better word, but the purity of the gospel, this beautiful purity of salvation by grace and this beautiful purity that the cross of Christ came with such power and such ability to set you free from anything that you face in life. Paul is cranky because the Galatians have mixed their gospel to their gospel and their salvation process, not because they think it's a good idea, but because they think the cross of Christ isn't sufficient. And that is a scary moment in or any of our lives when we grab onto things 
because we don't think the cross of Christ is sufficient to maybe save us or set us free or or deliver us from anxiety or depression. Don't add certain things. Now, can I put a, a clause on this? Some people take this as far as saying, you know, you're adding, a, you know, if you go to a doctor, then you're adding to your gospel. That's not right. Let's let's live a life of balance. Let's not live a life of that is a bit too extreme. The balance is what he's trying to say here is, guys, know that the cross is Christ of Christ is all powerful for you. You know, if you suffer with anxiety, if you suffer with insecurities, or if you have a fear of of certain things, know that the cross of Christ is all powerful in that situation. He will set you free. And the more that you focus on that cross of Christ, knowing, I've seen an image and it says this, you know, sometimes people look at the cross of Christ and the gospel message, and it's so beautifully packaged without power. Um, you know, it's 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 so beautiful, and it's almost like the dinosaur in Toy Story. You know, the dinosaur in Toy Story, and he's he's a dinosaur, but he's not really a powerful dinosaur. And it's that gospel message compared to the dinosaur we see in Jurassic Park. We're not taking the fear of that dinosaur in Jurassic Park, but we are taking the power of that dinosaur. And maybe your gospel message at the moment is more like the dinosaur in Toy Story than the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. You have to know that in Galatians, he is saying your gospel, the cross of Christ is so powerful that it can take on anything that the enemy throws at it and so, and be very confident in that cross of Christ. Now, the reason I'm reiterating this here is because we've gone through Galatians 3 where he says, don't go back to the old way of law. Don't go back to the works of law just because your cross isn't powerful enough. Don't go back to something that you feel comfortable in. And then he says this, why? He says this statement, which I is my favorite statement of Galatians. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We are set free so that we can live a life of freedom. Now I'm going to ask you, TYB, what does a life of freedom look like for you? And I ask my students this when we're studying Galatians. If you could write down or even just think right now, if you had no boundaries, no restrictions, no dealing with anxiety, no dealing with sickness, no dealing with sin, nothing, you are not bound by anything. You are completely set free by the cross of Christ. What would your life look like? Would you do things that that, that maybe you don't do now because you're too anxious to do it? I remember saying to my students, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What does that mean? He has set us free to live a life of freedom. And freedom for me maybe looks like preaching when I'm anxious, (laughs) doing things scared, not being bound up by that fear, not being bound up by that that inability to speak. See, I have an inability to speak when I get anxious. I do this, my, my tongue gets tired and I get overwhelmed. But I will refuse to be bound up by that free, that fear because the cross of Christ has come in so that I can have victory over that anxiety. And it is for freedom that Christ has set me free, the freedom to preach the gospel without fear and anxiety. What does your freedom look like? Because Paul is saying that we are called to be free. We're no longer under the curse of the law. We are called to live our life free. So TYB, I want you to think about what does that freedom look like for you? Freedom from fear of man, freedom from anxiety, freedom from sickness. What does it look like? And live your life free. Then he says this, because you never take a statement out of the Bible without it being in context. And the context of your freedom is this, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's saying this, he's saying, guys, you are free and Christ came 
to set you free completely. And as you keep your eyes on that cross and know the victory of the cross to overcome any situation, financial, no matter what you face in your life, the cross of Christ has victory in that area. And you need to stand and not allow the enemy to intimidate you that you don't have that freedom. He says, stand in your freedom. Stand the ground. Like Ephesians says, having done everything, stand. He's saying it's not about winning the what, the cross of Christ or the victory again. It's about standing in what Christ has already done and maintaining your freedom. He says, then do not let yourselves be burdened again. He says, don't, don't let Christians or, or the Jewish people in this time put another burden back on you. Basically, imagine this moment. You were, you were in prison. You were imprisoned in your sin. You were imprisoned in everything that, that you were doing in your life and you couldn't get set free. And Christ came and opened that door and you were so grateful. And it wasn't by any works. You couldn't, you couldn't work or earn your way out of this prison or this slavery. Christ came with the key and just unlocked the door and you were able to walk out and the shackles around you fell off you and you were completely set free. Are you, are you picturing this with, with me, TYB? And then all of a sudden, you walk into this situation and people come and put shackles back on you. Oh, you've got to do this if to be free and you've got to do this to be free. And what do those shackles, you know, maybe people say, well, you, you can't preach the gospel because you're not saved long enough or you, you can't, you'd never be able to do that because you'll never be free of that anxiety. And beautiful Christians who have this ability to put shackles back on people come and put maybe, sh- and what are the shackles that are back on you right now? Oh, maybe somebody came up to you and said, no, you're, you're a failure. You'll never be able to do that. And these shackles have come back on you. And he's saying this, do not come under the burden of slavery again. You are set free. So don't put those shackles back on you, TYB. And I'm here to say to you, live a life that's free. And then he says, mark my words with an exclamation mark, which we know in the Bible is is really hard to do. So he's like almost yelling this at you. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, and he's he's specifically saying, if you let yourself and those conditions of the people of God come back on you, Christ will be of no value to, uh, to you at all. I remember when I was under fear of, of preaching because I was terrified and, I, and I'd have an anxiety attack every time someone would get me to speak. And I remember Christ, God coming to me and I was praying about it. I said, God, I'm never going to be able to do this. I, I get so anxious and overwhelmed. How am I ever going to be able to set free from this? Could you just set me free in a second? Could you just, bam, and it's gone. And I remember this beautiful, still, small voice that came into my prayer time. And, and he said this, he said, Katie, the more you focus on that anxiety, he said, am I greater than that anxiety? Am I greater than that fear? And I said, well, of course you are. You're Christ. And I know that you are greater than that fear. And he said, then why don't you live that way? Why don't, and I realized that I wasn't living the way that really showed that Christ was greater than that anxiety. Christ was greater than that anxiety to speak. And when I stood up on stage the next time, I was like, Christ is greater than this anxiety. This anxiety is dead. It's done away with. I am free. And he, Paul says this here, he says, if you're living that way, then Christ will be of no value to you at all. Don't live that way. Saying, again, I declare that every man who lets himself be circumcised, that he is required to obey the whole law. And he's basically saying, like we looked at in Galatians 3, if you want to obey part of the law, you're coming back under the law, which means you're coming back under all the curses of the law. 
He says, you are trying to be saved by the law and have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. TYB, never fall away from grace. We know that everything that we do, we do because of the grace of Christ. And don't add works to that grace. Never fall away from the value of grace. For through the Spirit, here comes the Holy Spirit. It's like this beautiful moment. We eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ, neither circumcision nor any uncircumcision has any value. He's saying it doesn't matter, people. Get over it. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And then he says, who cut in on you? You were running such a good race. Can I say that to you, TYB? Who cut in on you? You were going gung-ho for God. You were doing so well. And then some thing came into your brain that you couldn't do it. And I'm going to be Paul here to you today, TYB, and say, do not let anyone cut in on your race. You run the race set before you with courage and strength. And he says, That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. You listen to the wrong voice is what he's saying. And then he talks about, I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. And he says, um, talks about, I love this moment. (laughs) He gets so passionate and like I am right now, he gets so passionate and so cranky with these people that put bondage on these new Christians again. He says, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Now, this is a very Bible way of saying, I wish they would go the whole way and chop it off. And whoever rewrote this text in English made it sound a little bit more Christian, but Paul didn't intend it to be that polite. He was saying, I wish they would go the whole way and chop that thing off because why? They have put a bondage on Christians and he's very cranky. And don't you love that Paul has this great sense of humor? And I love that the Bible has that passion in it. Okay, let's keep going. Then he says, you, my brothers and sisters, listen to this, TYB, you were called to be free. Speak that over you again today, TYB. You are called to be free. And he says, but don't use your freedom for bad. Use your freedom for good. You know, it's like Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. He's saying, you are called to be so free that I'm actually worried about your freedom being used to to a disadvantage. I don't know about Christians, but they live life so bound that they don't do anything that looks like freedom because, oh my gosh, we might abuse it. How about being so free and knowing the boundaries that you live your life completely free? And he says this, The entire law is fulfilled in this command, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, live by the Spirit. And then we get this beautiful moment where he goes, let me tell you the the ways to live by the Spirit and live by the flesh. He says, why? Because whatever you do in the Spirit, I love this. He says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. He's giving you these two parallels again. He's saying there's two parallels in Galatians. You live by the Spirit or you live by the flesh. When you go back through Galatians, these two parallels faith or works. And he talks about Hagar and Sarah. He says here, life in the spirit or life in the flesh. You have a choice. And then he continues, let me tell you the acts of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. What's debauchery? It means drunken behavior. Hatred, discord. Do you know what scares me about these fruits, the, as these acts of the flesh? That hatred and jealousy are along the same lines as sexual immorality and um, idolatry and witchcraft. It's not about the size of the sin. It's about the heart condition of this, of, of this um, you know, sowing your life into flesh. He's saying just stay away from this drunkenness. 
um, you know, envy, factions, these, these actual attitudes, envy, jealousy, dissension, selfish ambition are on the same parallel as drunkenness and, and quite incredible. So it's not just about outward actions, it's about the heart as well. That do not sow your life into this acts of flesh. And he's saying, let me tell you what you sow your life into. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to speak this over you, TYB. The fruit of the Spirit, stay in these things. Fight for love and joy and peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, as I read these lists, I don't know about you, but the Christians seem to have a wussier side of this, the fruits of the Spirit, joy, love, peace. It kind of sounds like, you know, a bit of a hippie commune, fruits of the Spirit. Does anyone, and it's, it doesn't have power, but can I say that's wrong? The power of love and joy and peace and forbearance, faithfulness, gentleness, these and self-control are more powerful than the side of discord and jealousy. Because the jealousy and the discord seem more um, loud, we have the fruits of the spirit like a wussy, but God, but Paul is saying these things are more powerful. To have love when someone hates to have joy when when we're in anxiety and the, the world is in hopelessness to have peace when the world is 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 at at war well, to have these traits is harder to live in this freedom and the fruit of the spirit is harder than to live in the acts of the flesh and he kind of parallels them again can you feel that and then he says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires he's saying get that flesh under control <laughs> get those desires that are not godly desires get them under control and replace them now how do we do that my students always say how do i live life in the spirit and not in the flesh what you focus on will grow if I focus on a plant and if I feed it and water it, it's going to grow. If I don't focus on it, I don't feed it, I don't water it, then it's not going to grow. What you focus on, what you put your attention on, what you put your mind on all the time will grow. Let me go back. It says this, for the flesh desires what, what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict, but you are led by the spirit and you're not under the law. He's saying be led by the spirit. Focus on good things, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, and those things will flourish in your life and kind of starve the other things so that they they don't, don't flourish. And then he says, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Why does he say that? Because he's about to introduce chapter 6 which is all about the actions of this. He's told us what we are. He's told us that we're free. He's told us that we've got this power of the gospel. And in chapter six, he's about to say, now do something with it. Because our Christianity isn't all about us living a good life. It's about us doing something with the life that Christ has given us to live. Now today, TYB, I wanted to again say, Stand firm in your freedom. Do not let anyone add conditions. Don't let Satan add, add, add bondage to your life again. You're worthless. You're nothing. No, they, they are shackles that you should not be wearing. You are worth something in Christ and you have a life of freedom. And he's saying live your life of freedom so much so that you need to stay in this beautiful and beautiful existence of freedom in Christ. And that is what we were called to live, TYB, a life of freedom. So I hope you've loved this chapter five Bible blast. And um, let's jump into chapter six next. See you there.